following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. I haven't jerked off this much to a Glenn Close movie since 101 Dalmatians. Damn, that's scary. The other day, I was watching what I would refer to as a um, a creatively sexual reimagining of the hit 1978 musical Grease. Oh, that movie where they have everyone in their 40s playing as teenagers? Exactly. Yeah. And um, unsurprisingly, this version... The plot wasn't really all that different from the original. Oh. But the music okay. uh, especially stood out. Yeah? Yeah. Are you familiar with the hit song, It's Raining on Prom Night? Yeah, actually. Yeah, well, this version, it was uh, It's Vainy on Prom Night. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> and then, uh, of course, you've got your Summer Nights. Yeah, Summer Nights, yeah. Uh, creatively reimagined as Cummer Nights. Ah, it's a lot of cum in this one. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, is this oh a, God. Greg, is this a porno? <laughs> yes. Oh, Abs- oh it, it absolutely right. was. Um, I um, like a little butter in the ass like the next guy. Yeah, well, then you're going to love the next song, which was just Greased Lightning, <laughs> which involved a lot of choreographed thrusting by the gang of boys. Well, I think you remember the old one where they were the T-Birds. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in the one I watched, they were called the Peacocks. I like that song by Katy Perry where she talks about peacocks. Yeah, she's talking I about wieners. See your peacock, cock, cock. So the crazy thing about this is that it allegedly starred a middle-aged, overweight John Travolta. Uh, it was kind of that awkward period, like after Grease, but before he did Pulp Fiction. So, oh, uh, you mean the uh, "Look Who's Talking" era? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like, whoa, who the fuck is this guy? Wait, was Tom Selleck in the Wait, Three Men and about? a Baby? Yeah, but we're talking about Look Who's Talking. Yeah, but by rule of thumb, I, first off, it's the same fucking movie. Mahoney's in it. Ted Glenn Dancing is in it. Everybody's fucking each other. And I think Olivia Newton-John's part was played by a blister-faced Lithuanian prostitute. <laughs> That's uh, not a bad dance. <laughs> hey, everybody. We're, we're damn that scary. scary. My name is Micah. I'm coming out of Reno, Nevada, over there in Buffalo, New York. I am joined with my beautiful face co-host, Greg. Yeah, hey. And I'm quick to the point, to the point, no faking. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> I can't follow that. Greg, how's your week been, man? How, did you watch anything good? Well, no. I, I, you know, I watched something that wasn't necessarily good. Okay. Are you familiar with a recent indie film by the name of bingo hell i am actually but i have yet to watch it it's a horror movie starring a bunch of old people and the white face guy from 31 mm. yeah you know that guy he kind of looks yeah, like yeah, you. yeah yeah kind of when 31 came out i was positive that you were going to be him for halloween but then you just kind of didn't no that guy's fantastic though i know you keep saying that why would i why would i be him i feel like it would just be easy you just paint your face white and you get a couple of knives what was his name? Spooky face, demon face, uh, cum face, cum what? face. <laughs> so really, you don't even have to dress up. No, that's just how I always am. I'm covered in cum. What are you, my dad? But yeah, the plot, you know, boiled down to just the essentials is that the devil comes to a small town and gives people money beyond their wildest dreams in the form of bingo winnings. Then they just kind of uh, all die gruesomely. 
That sounds great. No, it was all right. The ending kind of fizzled out a little bit. I don't want to spoil anything, but apparently you can defeat the devil just by giving a good old fashioned beatdown. And like the, everybody in this movie was like over 60. So were they know. using like walkers and stuff? Kind of. Yeah. They're, they're hitting with chairs. There was uh, some shotguns involved. Is it the same ending as death proof? You know, kind of. Okay. I fucking so love saying, that ending. <laughs> that ending is great. So many people shit on that ending, and I love it. I love that they just stomp his ass to death. You know, a lot of people shit on that movie, and I think it's because it was, you know, not to get too off track here, but it was Quentin Tarantino masturbating. He was oh, like, you know what? I just yeah. want to make a really long chase scene. Because all the acting in that is great. I mean, so Kurt Russell good. is awesome in that. So good. I mean, the ending especially is fantastic. I think a lot of people shit on it, too, because, and again, we're off, we're getting off track here, but that's how we do. Well, it is a uh, horror movie, technically. I think a lot of people are, are shitting on it because it followed Planet Terror, which was just nonstop action. Did you see it in the theater? Yeah. Oh, when I saw it, Death Proof was first. Yeah, when I saw it, Planet Terror was first. Weird. Are you, are you just fucking me right now? You're not, I'm not, uh, what do you like to say? Coming on your back and saying it's frosting? Uh, I mean, I, I wish you would sometimes. But <laughs> you know what? I, I lied. I, I have before. Ah, you son of a bitch. <laughs> you remember where that cavity came from a couple years ago? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's why I have a missing tooth now. That's my seed, baby. Yeah, no, the version I saw, it was Planet Terror followed by Death Proof. That's weird. I wonder if they mixed it up. I saw it in Erie, Pennsylvania. I mean, technically, it doesn't really make it. A- Make a difference, right? I don't know. No. None of this matters. I think we're making a a minor difference in some people's lives. Well, I hope more people enjoyed the Texas Chainsaw Massacre after our episode last week. I think we encouraged people to uh, admit that they liked it more than they, you know, wanted to. There was a mainstream response to that, and it was a negative one. And I think we did our part, standing up against it, enjoying the fade as he deserves to be enjoyed and i think uh what did you say fade well i said (gasps) (laughs) it's so funny that you bring up at the fade well it wasn't a coincidence no it wasn't because it turns out that you fucking haters out there are gonna have to deal with the fact that is going to be resurrecting one of my personal favorite franchises in all of horror alien yes alien has gone so far down the shitter after resurrection covenant i mean just fucking horrible my god you said it yourself they turned something so special into a slasher i would rather choke to death on a rock hard turd then watch that movie again. I would rather choke to death on the devil's dick than watch Alien Covenant again. I think that actually happened in Bingo Hell. I'm excited to watch Bingo Hell. I'm going to check it out this week, brother. Yeah, check it out. Five out of five. Good stuff. No, Alien Covenant. Oh, God damn. It just... I could talk about that movie for two hours on why it's the worst movie ever, but I'm not going to do here. that. But here's the thing. Yeah. There is no possible way. There is no fucking way that Fede could do anything worse than Covenant. I love every single movie that motherfucker has made. Yeah, sure. What I'm looking forward to most is how 
how many fights Fede Alvarez's alien is going to cause on the internet. He's a controversial man. I love it. He's an iconoclast. Since 2013, Fede Alvarez has been dividing horror fans. Yes. And I cannot wait until this new alien. And the rumor is, is that he is going to be taking the helm of not only one alien movie, Mm -hmm. but a new trilogy. The way I see it, the only direction to go with this is up. I have a little bit of an issue with the fact that now, hopefully this isn't true because it's so early. It's pre-production. Okay. But it kind of sounds like they are completely going from scratch. I'd be all right with that. I mean, how many scenes do you think they're going to have of two synthetic gentlemen playing a flute? Oh, you blow an L finger? If the answer is any number greater than zero, I think that is fucking up. Yeah, but I mean, I guess the one good thing about Covenant was Michael Asbender in that tight jumpsuit, if you know what I'm saying. Wink, wink, say no more, say no more. Hey, they can bring Michael F. back all day long. I'd be okay with that. Just maybe uh, be slightly more subtle about um, his flute playing. No, they need to make him sexier. You think so? Just kind of crank it up? I think instead of like the whole, like, you blow and I'll finger the flute, I think they should just fuck. All right, you heard it here first. New Fede alien movie is going to crank the flautism up to 11. You take those sexual undertones and you make them overtones. <laughs> you do the <laughs> fingering, I will come in your mouth. Oh! <laughs> hey, you see this trombone? Well, I'm going to fuck you in the ass. Oh! You hold the flute and I'll insert the butt plug. Oh! <laughs> They're not even trying to be subtle about it. <laughs> You're in the theater and it's like, is this a porn parody? You and read you the got... sheet music and I'll suck your penis. Oh! Oh no, is that an alien? Pull out. <laughs> you ever notice that alien's head kind of looks like a... Oh, God. Oh! <laughs> you ever notice that alien's mouth kind of looks like a... Oh! <laughs> I've run away from that xenomorph and I'm just way too turned on by the shape of his head. Hey, you ever take your pants off and run backwards naked through a hallway crowded full of xenomorphs? Oh! Yes, once, and that's why I'm in a wheelchair. <laughs> oh, God. I cannot wait for this Fade Day alien porno to come out. This is going to be great. Oh, it's going to be incredible. I heard the soundtrack is going to be by John Travolta, the <laughs> Lithuanian <laughs> prostitute. <laughs> well, I think it's high times that I pointed out that today's episode of Damn That Scary is brought to you by Jack Daniels Maplewood Finish. Number 27 gold. Look at you all class today. Uh- yeah, all class. Let me grab that ass. On my end, I got a uh, I got a red solo cup full of Keystone. Well, there isn't a whole lot going on other than the fact that Nev Campbell was offered a role in Scream Six. Oh, did she uh, take it? Yeah. <laughs> what else is she going to be doing? Is she might be on a sitcom I don't know about. She might be writing books. I don't know. All I know her from is Scream and that movie Wild Things. I think she did some backup singing in the, um, let's call it the sequel to Grease that I recently watched. <laughs> you know there is a Grease 2. Who would watch Grease 2? I don't know. Why would Andrew Lloyd Webber make a sequel to Phantom of the Opera? But he did. Oh, because he's know? a pedophile. <laughs> Allegedly. The Phantom? No, Andrew Lloyd Webber, I'm pretty sure, is a pedophile. And I think that was his way of admitting it to the public. Have you listened to the music from that sequel? I, I mean, he's not Roman Polanski. Every song in that sequel is about child love. And I'm, I'm trying to word was, that mildly. I thought it was like the, you know, like Dayman Nightman thing. Like, you want to yeah. get into this boy's hole, you got to 
Do I need to spell it out for you? Do you understand the undertones to Dayman and Nightman? You can feel it. Yes. Come closer. Yes. You've no fear of the beauty underneath. Oh, God. Yeah. You can face it. Yes. You can take it. Yes. You'll see through to the beauty underneath. Oh, God. Andrew Lloyd Webber, visionary genius, created the Phantom of the Opera musical. But on the flip side, he also created the sequel. You'll accept it. Yes. You'll embrace it. Yes. Let me show you. Did he do anything to the Corys? I think he had to leave the country. Well, there is, like I said, there isn't really a whole lot going on. I guess there's some stuff about Morbius, but I refuse to talk about anything Jared Leto related. What's Morbius? Uh, what? What's Morbius? Uh, it's a vampire Marvel movie. Another one? Yeah, they keep doing those. But starring Jared Leto this time. Yeah, which is not exactly a selling point, if you ask. Yeah, that's what I, I I said. I don't want to talk about it. I'm over. Is he gonna is he gonna do like his Joker thing in that? Yeah, an edgy vampire, like a tattoo across his forehead that says like "Bloodsucker." He's got a big one through his chest. It says "Steak here" with a target. Yeah, and ha, 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 like he's a vampire, so it's <laughs> what an asshole. Yeah, fuck him. If you like his band, you're an asshole. 30 seconds to Mars. We're like 30 seconds to Uranus. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a bunch of other movies coming out that I really don't give a shit about. But I, there is one in particular that I feel totally obligated to bring up because it is so damn that scary. It is just scary. Is it Amityville in space? It's Amityville in space! <laughs> I knew it! The trailer for Amityville in Space is out, and it is available to be watched on the YouTube. And I have to say, I highly recommend it. I'm going to watch this movie without spending money on it. I absolutely refuse to give them any of my money, but I will watch it. It looks exactly as the title uh, advertises. It is the Amityville house floating on a chunk of rock in space. How does the movie reviewed last week... Leprechaun 4 in space. Look better than a movie that just is about to come out. Well, I think Leprechaun 4 in space had at least a little bit of a budget and like a vision behind it. I guarantee you none of the actors in this movie are SAG. Just a bunch of homeless people. (laughs) (laughs) They found a house where a bunch of homeless people were living and they just filmed it. It's it's actually a reality TV show. They just offered them. They offered them food. They walked in, they gave them all LSD and said, this house is haunted, and then they just filmed the aftermath. Fuck, it's like MKUltra. What's up, guys? You're in space now. You mean to tell me that we're in space? Space? Isn't that where you're raining? Well, with that said, I think you know what time it is, my friend. Is it time to say that we're sorry for indiscretions? Mm, yep, it's, uh, it's that thing again. Fuck. Uh, okay, uh, last week on the episode, I talked a lot about, actually we both did, about how much we hate Gen Z, and we don't understand their humor. I'm kind of we're happy. We're happy, yeah, we're happy that Leatherface killed all of them, mm-hmm. and like, 
I did say that I see myself in Leatherface. It's just being so frustrated. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> Dog will hunt. What I'm getting at is I realize that uh, in about 20 years from now, maybe 30, you guys could just straight up kill us. You could be the deciding factor to be like, hey, once you reach the, reach the age of 60, you have to give up everything, like the way they do in that one European country. Eventually, uh, you're gonna be my boss. Is that what they do in Sweden? Yeah, Sweden. They reach the age of 60 and they have to give up everything and they go live in a home. Huh. Well, that's terrible. Or is it Norway? One of those places. Uh, somewhere Scandinavian, I'm sure. That sounds very Scandinavian. Yeah, right. so what I'm saying is is that, Gen Z, I, I'm sorry. Please don't kill me when I'm old and frail. Please don't right. take away everything I've worked so hard for. Well, the good news I have for you is that uh, I don't think any of us are going to really make it that far because I think Vladimir Putin is about to just send us all to Jared Leto's home planet within about six months. Oh, is that Uranus? <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're all going to die. We're either going to go there or that fuck island he has. We talked about that a while ago, right? Jared Leto has a fuck island? I thought you were talking about Vladimir Putin's fuck island. <laughs> Those are two very different things. <laughs> you ever take your pants off and run backwards naked through Jared Leto's island? <laughs> yes, once. And that's why I'm in the wheelchair today. <laughs> so, Gen Z, just please don't kill us. We love you. All right, well, I guess it's my turn then. My apology is, uh, it's kind of a short one this week, but it is a broad one. Uh, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna cover a lot of bases here. Uh, I would just like to apologize to the Irish, the Polish, Ukrainians, drag queens, midgets, Generation Z, the Stallone family, Woody Allen, Fede Alvarez deniers, and Jonathan Taylor Thomas. I somehow managed to offend every single one of you in the span of a single episode last week, which was your best episode, obviously. I, clearly. You all suck in your own unique ways, but it's not my place to point out your shortcomings for the sake of entertainment. Please accept my sincerest apology, and I'll try not to offend you again until at least the next episode. Which will be our best episode. Always. Alright, so I think that kind of wraps that shit up. Uh, Matt, <coughs> I can cut it off motion with my finger. Uh, okay. This is it, Greg. What? This is our last space episode, probably forever. Oh shit, can we, uh, can we finally return to Earth? Welcome to Earth. I can't wait to spend a weekend with Will Smith. Smith. Oh, just being dragged across the Mojave Desert, wrapped in a parachute? That sounds like a good time. We are concluding our space theme, which was a month turned into two months, maybe longer, I don't know. We covered a lot uh, of ground out there in those, uh, dark, cold space, I don't even what you call it. Uh, Hector's? This is all we've been doing this year. Is just been, We've been in space. Everything from alien apocalypse to alien resurrection mm -hmm. to astro zombies, which had nothing to do with space. We know what this calls for. Since it is our last space episode, I think yeah. we need a, a good old traditional DTS chance. Okay. Space. 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 Space.
Oh, that was so good. I love a right. good chant. It takes me all the way back to a year ago when we first started to chant. We used to chant all the time. Oh, we used to chant so much. Got to keep those oh. chants alive. Very soon, we're moving into March, man. And uh, I think March was the birth of our chanting because uh, last year it was Troll March. Did right? you say Troll March? I think it did. Like Tro March? Troll March. Yeah, like Troma, Tro but March. Like, March at the end of it. Like Tro, like Tro, Tro March. March. Tro. We are going back to 1996 with a movie that we have had multiple requests to review. Oh, it's a good I don't one. know why. But yes, I am talking about Independence Day. Oh, ID4? ID4! Starring the illustrious William Smith. Welcome to Earth. And... Greg Kinnear. Jeff Goldblum. Donald Sutherland. Randy Quaid. And, of course, Matt Damon. Matt Damon! No, no, guys, guys, I'm totally going full kickboxer style. I'm dipping my hands in glue and broken glass and jerking you off. We're doing Mars Attacks. <laughs> yeah. You love it. We love it. Absolute fucking classic here. The uh, 1996 Tim Burton masterpiece, Mars Attacks. Mars fucking attacks. Or as I like to call it, Slim Whitman saves the planet. That's very good. <laughs> That's very good. Music by Danny Elfman. Now, I don't know if you knew this about Danny Elfman, but Danny Elfman is in his 60s. He's mm -hmm. buff as shit. Like, yep. he's, like, he's zipped. And he's covered in what looked like Jared Leto fucking Joker tattoos. Modern-day Danny Elfman is uh, a bit of an anomaly. Full disclosure, one of my favorite bands is Oingo Boingo. Oh, of course. They might actually be one of the best bands from the 80s. Danny Elfman has written some of my favorite television theme songs. Like Desperate Housewives. Well, I was thinking more like The Simpsons and Tales from the Crypt, but... Uh, you know, or The I, Gilmore Girls. Hello. Uh, I think he did Sister, Sister as well. I think he did Will and Grace. The King of Queens was also him. King of the Hill. Well, how about The Ruin of Kings? Well, how about Barbecue Kings? Uh, maybe The King of Sting. Of Kennedy and King. Prophets and Kings. Killer King. American King. Kings of Diamond. The King of Hip Hop. King Kassar. The King of Staten Island. Starring oh. young Peter Davidson. Yeah, he's plowing one of those Kardashians. He may not be alive in six months. Honestly, I just don't give a fuck. I'm afraid for him. Are you? Yeah, Kanye makes me very nervous. You ever take your pants off and run backwards <laughs> naked through Kanye West? Home? Yes, once. That's why I'm in a wheelchair. So Mars Attacks is, of course, based on the cards printed by Topps in 1962. And the fact that it's cards and not comic books or a book nope. or like or a, or a TV show or anything like that. The fact that Tim Burton took these tops trading cards yes. and made up his own like universe. I believe he is... brought them into his into the pitch meeting with him and he showed the producers who I certainly hope was not anyone associated with Harvey Weinstein. There's a good chance there's that it a, may have been. There's a very good chance um, Harvey Weinstein funded the movie. Greg. He may have been in the room at the time anyway. Oh, um, with his egg-shaped penis? And let's not, let's not talk about the horrible, horrible things Tim Burton had to do to make this film get made. But he did bring his collection 
of Topps Mars Attacks cards with him. And that was basically the whole pitch for this was check out yeah. the cool little pictures of aliens on these shits. I'm going to commit that to film. And it turns out it was a great idea. The pitch meeting went so well that they said, hey, here is a budget where you could get the greatest actors of all fucking time to be in this shit movie. Anyone who's anyone is present for this film. And I got to tell you, they all put in five star performances. Like to me. This is Jack Nicholson's greatest role. Oh, he's amazing. And my, my favorite movie of all time is The Shining. I didn't think Glenn Close was going to show her pussy. The only other time Glenn Close bared her beaver this much is when she played Julia Childs. Julia Child. <laughs> Turns out all you got to do is jam an entire stick of butter in it and you're all set. I don't do a good Julia Child. I was born to the butter. You merely adopted it. <laughs> Turns out Glenn Close is actually Bane. Turns out you have to breathe through a mask anytime Glenn Close bears her beaver on screen. <laughs> oh, man. Basically what I'm saying is I absolutely love Glenn Close's vertical smile. Okay. I'm, I'm not sure I agree with you. I'll jam all up in Glenn's clam. Oh! But seriously, this whole group, they're all A-list stars. And especially at the time of 1996 where everybody's at their peak, Mars Attacks is essentially a big-budget B-movie. If you think the cast is huge now, as it was released, there were originally supposed to be probably about three times that many actors in this movie. Yeah, that's what I heard. But Instead, it, it, we it, just got Glenn Close's book. <laughs> so speaking of characters, how about we get into our cast? Oh, man, I hope you brought a snack because we have a lot of them. This is an unusually long list of characters. So let's start at the very beginning, which I've always thought is a very good place to start. With yeah. a little character I like to call President Nicholson. President Joker? He is the executive branch of the U.S. government. He is an inspirational, motivational speaker, a bit of a bullshit artist, and a real Ronald Reagan type. I think he was a little more liberal. I feel like there's a very good chance Jack Nicholson based his mannerisms on Ronald Reagan. Literally, I said it before, I will say it again, I will say it probably ten more times. Jack Nicholson's greatest role. <laughs> so next up, we have General Casey. He's a three-star general. He's also peaceful. He's friendly. He's thoughtful. He's well-spoken. But he's also kind of a smug fuck. And it turns out, he's a very unintentional instigator. Yeah, I think the whole thing was kind of his fault. Yeah, he fucked up. He should have taken the advice of our next character, who is General Decker. Big Dick Decker? He is the polar opposite of Mr. Casey. He is a hot-tempered warmonger. He's a nuclear holocaust encourager. He is a Churchill plagiarizer and a true army bastard. He was also the bad guy in Dr. Zhivago. <laughs> yes, he was. That's for our younger listeners out there. So next up, we have Professor Goldeneye, who is a suave, intelligent, soft-spoken romantic. He's a pipe-rocking sex god. He's a generous lover, and he's a multi-talented genius. He is played by Pierce Brosnan, who is British. The one and only. God, I love Pierce Brosnan. He is just phenomenal. Mm -hmm. What happened to him? I want to say the last big thing that I saw that fucker in was The Matador. He was allegedly fucked to death by Jared Leto in 1997. Oh, God. And Ben Savage just let it happen. So then we have Martin Short, who is the press secretary. He's a sniveling pervert. 
an ass-kissing suck-up, a whoremonger, a philanderer, and a bit of a national security compromiser. This is how I imagine Martin Short to be in real life. Yeah, he's he's just playing Martin Short. Now that you mention it, I think a lot of these characters, a lot of these actors are just kind of playing themselves in this movie, but it works. Hey, Greg. Hey. Hey. Martin Short is the American Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis was in Ghostbusters. Martin Short, Three Amigos. Okay. Rick Moranis, Honey, I Blew Up the Kids. Martin Short. Honey, I blew the kids. Exactly! The American version! Produced by Harvey Weinstein. Who's next? Your favorite and mine, a little character named Glenn Close. She is the first lady. She's obsessed with White House decor. She's a light sleeper, a little bit of a hard ass, and kind of a bitch. Ah, you say bitch, I say dreamboat. And she's got a big, puffy... Does she? Absolutely not. And next we have Taffy who is played by Princess Amidala. She is the president's teenage daughter, a disaffected, pretentious, aloof teenager, and for some reason, she thinks that sarcasm is a personality. This is Natalie Portman, who is most famous for her role as Al Pacino's daughter in Heat. Heat is great. Might be uh, Val Kilmer's second best role. Next to when he played as Jim Morrison? Uh, Batman, of course. I love him in McGriver. I mean, he's great in Tombstone. I'm a mother freaking blueberry, duh. You ever take your pants off and run backwards <laughs> naked through a field of Valkyrie? And next we have a little character I like to call George Foreman, who is, of course, played by Jim Brown, who you may remember from I'm a Get You Sucker and other things. But he plays a washed up boxer, a casino mascot, an Egyptian pharaoh, a reformed criminal, and a heroic martyr. Yeah, yeah, I called him a Vander Holyfield. Which leads us nicely into our next character, who is Pam Greer. Oh my god, Pam Greer is so hot. She's so much better than Glenn Close. The difference between Pam Greer and Glenn Close is that you have to work to see Pam Greer's play. Okay, so next we have Sleazy Jack. He is a hotel owner, an opportunist crook, a crass Texan, a hairpiece enthusiast, a toothy scumbag, and he's possibly guilty of light treason. This is also who I feel Joe Exotic molded his life off of. This is who Joe Exotic aspired to become. I'm not changing the way I dress. I refuse to wear a suit. I am gay. If only the crack didn't interfere with his dreams. I have tried drugs through the younger years of my life. Then we have Barbie, who is played by the beautiful Annette Benning. This is Jack's number one girl. She's a whiny hippie, a nagging wife, a big old alcoholic, a tree hugger, a spiritualist, and a potential cult member in the making. Oh, absolutely. So moving right along, we have Sarah Jessica Parker, your favorite and mine. I love her. She is a horse-faced television personality, an airhead, a shameless flirt, a dog lover, and an anatomical experiment. I don't like when you call her horse face. Why not? Because I love Sarah Jessica Parker. I love horses! I love horses! So next up is Michael J. Fox, who is an ambitious, competitive journalist and a zoophile. I love horses! He also loves milkshakes, shake and bake, and the work of William Shakespeare. I feel like this is going to be an ongoing gag. <laughs> you know me too well. <laughs> His favorite movies is Tremors. 
not to be insensitive, but he does have Parkinson's disease. <laughs> so moving on, we have Danny DeVito, who plays Danny DeVito. He's a degenerate gambler and alcoholic. He's a blood-sucking lawyer, a snappy dresser, a poor decision maker, and a big old asshole. I don't think his character was an asshole. I mean, Danny DeVito is just sort of a natural asshole. I guess. But in I like just... a charming kind of way. So then we have Jack Black, who is all-American trailer trash. He's a man's man, a patriot, a freedom fighter, a 9-11 truther, a true soldier, and a skeleton. A real Chuck Liddell. So without further ado, we have my favorite character, someone that I just like to call 90s Greg. He is <laughs> a donut salesman, a loving grandson. He is innocent yet insightful, and he loves flannel, grunge music, and marijuana. Oh, he has such a slender frame, Greg. If this was you in the 90s, I would have left. Next up, we have Grandma, who is a senile music lover. She's 110 fucking years old. She shits her pants and has a purse full of sugar-free candy. She's an old woman is what I'm getting at. Oh, that's what it is. Okay. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, I really, I'm hesitant to go here because it is, this is a, uh, Kind of a, a painful subject for me, but let's just get it out of the fucking way. Our last character, and our certainly least character, is a little motherfucker that I like to call Tom Jones. He's a semi-talented casino performer. He's a PTSD <laughs> trigger for some of us. He's the scourge of intercourse Pennsylvania, a piggly wiggly predator, and the living embodiment of my nightmares. Welcome to hell. I just, I'm shocked that you okayed this movie. Tom Jones raped me in 1992. <laughs> and I still haven't recovered from it, but I'm just taking it one day at a time, uh, as we do. It's all you can at this point. Tom, just return my calls. I left so many voicemails. The box is always full. I imagine you walking around like Captain Hook, where you would hear the tick-tock of that fucking alligator. Fucking alligator opens his mouth and it's fucking... <laughs> uh, and the memories you come flooding back. Hat on. You know how we always talk about, like, the slow-down pop songs yeah. for horror movies? Oh, you want some Tom Jones uh, slowed down and sensual? Your hat on. Well, that does it. I'm not going to sleep tonight because you did that. Hey, Greg. Hey. Is it Filipino New Year's? No. Well, because I smell you grilling that barbecue, boy. Oh, well, then we must be four miles outside of Lockjaw, Kentucky on Tuesday, May 9th at 6.57 p.m. Where a racist caricature of a Vietnamese gentleman is taking out his trash. And you have your racist old white man character on top of a tractor. When a herd of flaming cows just comes flying down the road past them, followed by a flying saucer in the sky. It turns out it wasn't Filipino New Year. It was Mars Attacks. But the fireworks were the same. And here we have the role of the opening credits. If this opening credit scene does not get you hyped for this movie, you could go fuck yourself right now. It's got because... a real Ed Wood feel. 
total Ed Wood, total 1950s with a 1996 feel. They list off the names of every celebrity ever to exist in Hollywood. Literally every fucking celebrity. Like, how was Bill Murray not in this movie? Right? How is Billy Crystal not in this movie? How is Whoopi Goldberg not in this movie? How is Alec Baldwin not in this movie? How is Stephen Baldwin not in this movie? How is Adam Baldwin not in this movie? How is Jim Carrey not in this movie? How is Jim Gaffigan not in this movie? How is Jim Jones not in this movie? How is Jeffrey Jones not in this movie? How is Tommy Lee Jones not in this movie? How is James Earl Jones not in this movie? How is James Woods not in this movie? How is Woody Harrelson not in this movie? How is Woody Allen not in this movie? How is Ellen Cummings not in this movie? How is Tim Allen not in this movie? How is Tim Curry not in this movie? How is Tim McGraw not in this movie? How is Tim Robbins not in this movie? How is Tim Meadows not in this movie? How is Meadowlark Lemon not in this movie? What? How is Don Lemon not in this movie? How is Don Knotts not in this movie? How is Don Cheadle not in this movie? How is Donny Osmond not in this movie? How is Dom DeLuise not in this movie? (laughs) Uh, Turns out Greg and I don't really have an ending to this bit, so uh, we're just going to keep going with the movie. Yeah, um, Dom DeLuise, like, really, where do you go from that? He's kind of, he achieved perfection. You can't Uh, top the Dom. You can't dominate. The DeLuise. Just watch me. It's so simple, you sissy Marys. Yeah, so apparently there's a lot of people in this movie, but there could have been a lot more. A lot of celebrities in this one. A lot of famous people. But moving on, we go to Washington, D.C. On May the 10th at 1125 a.m., President Nicholson is sifting through pictures of UFOs, deciding how to respond. This is seven years after Batman, mm-hmm. and this scene where he's staring at the photos of the flying saucers reminds me so much of the scene where he's looking at pictures of Vicky Vale. It really does. Yeah. His generals bicker over whether war is necessary. He defers to Professor Goldeneye, who declares the Martians intelligent life forms. That's right, and being British, it was kind of like this. All right, all die, all you know, it turns out uh, I can what? only do an Australian accent. I can't do a British accent. What? <laughs> what? 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 I mean, that's, that's a little more like, what is that, Cockney? I don't even know what the fuck Yeah, a little Cockney accent. Yeah. He's one of those fancy Brits. Meanwhile, Glenn Close tries on clothes in the White House while Taffy wisecracks on the couch. And you can tell she's going to be very annoying throughout the course of this film. Oh, Padme is going to piss me off so much during this movie. I would love to force choke her pregnant ass to death. Uh-huh, but before we can get too irritated by her behavior, we shift back to Las Vegas, Nevada on Wednesday, May 10th at 1.43 p.m., where George Foreman is dressed as a pharaoh. He's chatting it up with some nuns at the casino where he works, and they're super turned on by his muscles. Yeah, they're all like, hey, what's your workout routine? And he's like, well, it ain't none of your business. Steroids. It's a lot of steroids. It ain't none of your business. Greg, it ain't none none of your business. Do you get it? And business is good. (laughs) But he gets a call 
from Pam Greer, who is worried that their delinquent sons have been missing for days. And this is a little strange because who loses their children for days on end? Just, I'm Greer. just asking questions here. Hey, Greg, you ever take your pants off and run backwards naked through Pam Greer? Through Pam Greer's broken home? <laughs> yes, once. <laughs> So George is dismissive of their behavior and mentions he'll be coming to Washington soon, but his boss just kind of glares at him as if this is not a possibility. Yeah, he's not having it. Meanwhile, Barbie nags at Sleazy Jack about how he is a dishonest crook and a menace to the earth itself. He wastes no time hitting on the waitress right in front of her, and uh, she just kind of goes a little bit crazy. Oh, yeah. By the way, this movie bounces around so much that if you're bored with the scene, you literally have to wait about five seconds for the next one. Oh, yeah. They they have to introduce a lot of characters in the first maybe 15, 20 minutes. So, like, it's it's going to go back and forth quite a bit. This bounces around more than an episode of Pokemon. This bounces around more than Pam Greer's giant. <laughs> he considers slapping her to calm her hysteria, but instead gives her a handful of casino chips. And tells her to go play some roulette for a while. Meanwhile, President Nicholson gives an address to the nation, stating that the Hubble telescope has recently discovered Martian UFOs. Everyone is watching him on the television. And I love that before this, he tells Martin Short to make a speech for him that's Abraham Lincoln meets Leave it to Beaver. And that is exactly the speech he delivers here. Oh, yeah. It's phenomenal. Martin Short, he has his... uh, shortcomings but he is very good at his job this might be the best presidential speech ever oh it's fantastic i mean i know some of you out there are gonna say you know what's his fuck from independence day is a better speech but no i would throw this one into that ring any day jack nicholson fucking kills it in this role yeah fuck you ben savage (laughs) some of you might say that ben savage playing the president in independence day uh you know beats this one but I would throw Jack Nicholson's hat into that ring any day of the week. He fucking kills it in this role. Absolutely, Greg. Meanwhile, Michael J. Fox and Bojack Horseman are introduced <laughs> at a television studio. Stop it. <laughs> She's Sarah Jessica Parker was hot, dude. I don't know why she gets such a bad rap. Well, it's because the older she got, the longer her face became. Was it South Park or Family Guy that kind of cemented that joke forever? Oh, Family Guy did. It was one of those shows, but they basically, like, they turned that into, they made that the meme. You know, like, that she is a horse. So, yeah. We're certainly not above that. I just, I love Sarah Jessica Parker. I do, too. My aunt had horses while I was growing up. <laughs> Taffy is in her room in the White House, notably reading Siddhartha. By Herman Hess, which is, of course, the story of Buddha's journey towards enlightenment. And this is a very minor detail, but I did catch it this time. I think this was like maybe like the 15th or 17th time I've watched this film. <laughs> and uh, I never noticed that until just now. Not something that a teenager will be reading. Not, not a big Herman Hess fan? I mean, I'm aware of Herman Hess, but I'm more of a Max Brooks guy myself. Fair enough. And that guy that wrote John Dies at the End. I like him. And we're immediately taken to Perkinsville, Kansas on Wednesday, May 10th at 4.28 p.m., where 90s Greg is watching the president from his job at the donut shop, where he's high as fuck 
and terrible at his job, just like the real 90s Greg was. <laughs> Danny DeVito shooting craps like a madman, Sleazy Jack's on the phone making deals, and Barbie is now in the lotus position, floating in a pool like the hippie that she is. Danny DeVito's little little role in this movie is phenomenal. Danny DeVito might be the best actor ever. Of all time. Ever. He's certainly the sleaziest. So then we're warped again back to New York City, Thursday, May 11th at 5.26 a.m. And I promise you, uh, at a certain point in the plot, we will stop doing all these fucking time and location jumps. It gives yeah, it up after they, about half an hour. They don't matter at a certain point in the movie. Yeah, it's really not all that important. But now we're witnessing Michael J. Fox and Seabiscuit, who are reading the paper when the phone rings. And it turns out that she's needed ASAP to interview Professor Goldeneye. And MJF, he's not having any of this, and he's looking kind of fidgety over the fact that... Uh, his gorgeous, beautiful girlfriend. I love horses. Got the uh, the White House scientist, Doctor Goldeneye, on her show, and not his show. Yeah, he's a little jealous. It turns out he's kind of a shitty journalist. She's the hot topic. No, it turns out he's a great journalist with a lot of integrity, and she's just a dumb blonde that we all want to fuck. Yeah, and he may have looked uh, a gift horse in the mouth on this one. <laughs> I don't know if that phrase even applies. Hey, that boy's got to go to horseshoe up his ass. Um, a horse in the hand is worth two in the bush. Hey, why don't you make like a horse and fuck off? So after this lovely scene between MJF and Sarah Jessica Parker, we go to a trailer park where hmm. we see a skinny-ish Jack Black assembling a rifle blindfolded. Yes, this is Perkinsville, Kansas again, Thursday, May 11th, 9.37 a.m. Which seems like an odd time to be sitting in your trailer, blindfolded, assembling and disassembling rifles. But this is what Jack Black has been doing for fucking years. I've been doing cock push-ups. 90s Greg comes home just in time to catch Jack Black being the Unabomber. It's where you fucking lay down flat on the ground. This is also my least favorite subplot of the movie. And then you let your boner lift you up off the ground. Yeah, well, it doesn't really last very long. Um, Thank God. Yeah, 90s Greg has a bunch of free donuts for his family. Really, he's just here to introduce Grandma, who might be my favorite character from this movie. Oh, Grandma is the hero of the day. She seems to have lost her cat, but the important part of this scene is that they announce that young Jack Black is joining the army to make America and his family proud. There's, there's a, a certain level of satire to this whole scenario, of course. Oh, God, yeah. And since this movie is just rapid fire fucking introducing characters, next up we've got Pam Greer and her lovely tits driving a bus when she sees her kids in an arcade on the side of the road. They're skipping school, so she slams on the brakes and fucks them up in front of everyone. You know what? This scene would never happen nowadays because if you grab both your kids by the ears, you would not get an applause. You will get a cell phone recording video in your face with somebody on the other side talking about how fucking canceled you are. After this, we got Martin Short being Martin Short, picking up some uh, sex workers. Sex workers. Sex workers. Sex workers. Washington, D.C. sex workers. The best kind. Yeah, because uh, the, if they're not sucking Ted Cruz's dick, what are they doing? Uh, Crack cocaine. Probably both. Yeah. 
I would have to smoke a lot of crack to suck Ted Cruz off. No, not me. Don't but then we got that. George Foreman asking his boss for a raise. He quickly gets denied. And I got to say, the look on his face tells me that he was considering killing him with his fists. Absolutely. And he even said, I can get Leon Spinks or Buster Douglas for the same price I pay you. Probably less. And you know what? Buster Douglas at this point in his life would probably do it for a baby Ruth and a pat on the back. We all know Spinks comes cheap nowadays. Ah, he's dead. Shit. Yep. Well, moving right along, Secretariat is interviewing Professor Goldeneye. He shamelessly hits on her, and she eats it up like it's a big old pile of fresh hay. God damn it. Stop it. (laughs) God, fuck you, man. I love her so much. (laughs) What? SJP is not a horse. Not fully, just from the neck up. She's not a centaur either. A reverse centaur. What's it, what's reverse centaur? Well, a centaur is where the bottom half is a horse. All oh, right, yeah. So her head's a horse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when I when I was watching this scene, all I could think about is how bad I want Pierce Brosnan to come back and just steal the spotlight from all these fucking pieces of shit in Hollywood. He is incredibly I charming. Love, I love Pierce Brosnan so much. I hope to God, maybe in the next couple of years. He has a resurgence and rises like a phoenix the same way Nicolas Cage did. And Pierce Brosnan just does all horror movies. You ever see the Thomas Crown Affair? No. Well, that was the nail in his coffin. Was it bad? Oh, it was real bad. Real bad. Yeah, he, after Goldeneye, he just got like a lot of bad work. Well, there was uh, Tomorrow Never Dies. Yeah, that sucked. It might actually be the worst Bond film of all Bond films. It's worse than Moonraker. Yeah, they they got rough in those uh, Roger Moore days, but they did. Yeah. No, the only good James Bond movie Pierce Brosnan did was Goldeneye. I'd agree with that. Timothy Dalton was fucking awesome in uh, Hot Fuzz. Dude, he was so good at that. He was only James Bond once, right? It was the one with the circus. I don't know, dude. There was like 218 James Bond movies. I can picture the one. It was, it's a 009 dies in the beginning of it, right? Yeah. I, was, I can't remember the name of it. But yeah, it's the Dalton. It's a classic. I don't know. Every James Bond movie is like a sex pun. Remember uh, Christmas Jones? Yeah. Her name was Christmas Jones literally just so they could end the movie with a with a sex pun. I thought Christmas only came once a year. During this whole interview scene, we get an interruption of their broadcast by the Mars, not the ambassador, but the president? This is straight up emperor. Emperor Mars. Who acts menacingly at the human race and makes the sign of the donuts. And I think this is the point of the movie where you're going to have to deal with Greg and I Doing the impression of the Martians just as much as we did our Bobcat Goldway impression. <laughs> because. <laughs> this will become annoying if it hasn't yet. Hey. So, Professor Goldeneye explains to the president and his generals that the Martians are both intelligent and non aggressive. And carbon based, and they breathe in NO. Which, uh, for the layman, that means nitrogen. 
Those aliens are high as fuck. <laughs> they wheel in a translator made from a 1950s microwave, which spouts out a bunch of nonsense, and everyone in the room is fucking confused. Also, at this point in the movie, I notice that the Secret Service guy is uh, the catcher from Major League Two. Oh, you caught that too? And Major League Three, back to the minors. So now Barbie is on a stage at an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting, and she admits she's actually happy to welcome in the Martians, and she thinks that they're coming to Earth to save everyone from the impending ecological disaster that's caused by none other than her husband, Sleazy Jack. The fave. She's here to save everyone from a fave. The <laughs> Now we have Jack Black getting on a bus to go join the army, and Grandma calls him Thomas like an asshole. Yeah, it's good. Good good old people humor. Yep, his family and his hot girlfriend are so proud of him. I believe she's played by Christina Applegate. That was Christina Applegate? I don't know. I think so. She was one of my 90s crushes, but I think you're wrong. So 90s Greg decides to take Grandma back to the nursing home, and she calls him Thomas, too, because of Alzheimer's. When they get there, she takes a moment to pet her taxidermied cat and listen to some music on her old lady gramophone. Also, because of Alzheimer's. But this is very important to the plot, so pay attention. There's actually a lot of foreshadowing in this film. A lot. We'll try to point it out where we can, because we're professionals. It's a B movie, maybe even a C or D movie, but it's you know a lot more well-written than a lot of people give it credit for. Oh, yeah. With that said, we've got Martin Short, who is doing his best Jen Psaki impression by bullshitting his way through a press conference. President Nicholson shows up just in time to answer some questions from all the reporters, the first of which is, Do the Martians have two sexes? Like we Ah, the 90s had such good humor. Nicholson, maybe you shouldn't have called on It's Pat from SNL. I'm a perfect combination of both. <laughs> However many sexes and genders we have nowadays, this person is kind of all of them. Yep. Controversial. That's what we do here at DTS. I'm every woman. So we have a Vander Foreman going for a jog in downtown Vegas yep. who is approached by a long stretched limousine that is candy apple red. And the window rolls down, and we got Sleazy Jack. And he makes him an offer that he can't refuse. Two grand to punch up some chump. Yep. Foreman says he's a changed man. He faced that demon and found Allah. He can't hospitalize people anymore for money. That's in his past. And he gave up pork. Yeah. This doesn't sit well with Sleazy Jack, whose response is, You gave up pork? Unheard of. Those Texans like the barbecue. I think that's what the joke was. I guess. So everyone goes to the desert to meet with the Martians. Will Smith must have been here because there is a prominent Welcome, Welcome to Earth. Earth sign in the background. Do you remember that sequel to Independence Day? Uh-huh. Oh, that was bad. Yeah, it wasn't great. No, they even had a queen in that. So anyway, the Martian UFO lands. General Casey greets the ambassador and they release some peace doves. They release some peace doves, which actually might be the cause of all of this bullshit. Everything seemed fine. Everything is going great. We're meeting these disgusting little Martians that 
really remind me of Beavis from Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> now that you mention it, you are not wrong about that. Yeah, maybe not the head part. You know what? Actually, yeah, everything. <laughs> like uh, they're running around going, "I am Cornholio." Yeah. Uh, for my bunghole. That is more accurate than I ever realized. These are Beavis Martians. <laughs> they have the same build, same frame, same voice, same head shape. You can take me, but you cannot take my bunghole. This is just Judd Hirsch at his finest right now. <laughs> this is Judd Nelson at his finest. <laughs> this is Craig T. Nelson at his finest right this now. This is Winona Judd at his finest. <laughs> <laughs> my people, we have but one <laughs> This is Judd Dredd at his finest right now. There will be more bungholes after me. This is Ashley Judd at his slash her finest. You are a bunghole. <laughs> this is Judge Reinhold at his finest. And so am I. This is Judge Judy at his finest right now. Are you threatening me? This is Judy Greer at her finest right now. You will give me TP. You know what? You're not wrong. So this bird, it gets bored. Oh, it gets bored immediately. And all hell breaks loose. General Casey gets zapped. And it's an all-out war between the Martians and the U.S. Army. Yeah, so Colin Powell's gone, and we got a bunch of shit going on. Sarah Jessica Parker, she goes falling off of her her news van. She's uh, well on and, her way to the glue factory. And the world watches on TV as shit goes down. MJF goes after Sarah Jessica Parker. Everybody's watching the news. President Jack is watching the news. Sleazy Jack is watching the news. Jack Black makes a heroic charge with the American flag in hand. But he immediately gets skeletoned, just like so many other soldiers in this scene. Like, see, I cannot get over how skinny Jack Black is in this scene. Jack Black was in this, and he was in that movie, The Jackal, starring Bruce Willis. Great movie. Bruce Willis shot him in the penis. How is Bruce Willis not in this movie, Greg? How is Wesley Willis not in this movie, Micah? How is Wesley Snipes not in this movie? How is Snipes Johnson not in this movie? That's not a real person. I made that. How is Don Johnson not in this movie? How is Donald Sutherland not in this movie? How is Kiefer Sutherland not in this movie? How are the Keebler elves not in this movie? How is Carrie Elves not in this movie? How is Carrie Fisher not in this movie? How is Fisher Price not in this movie? How is Vincent Price not in this movie? How is Peter Vincent not in this movie? How is Vincent Van Gogh not in this movie? How is... That was good. How is Van Morrison not in this movie? How is Jim Morrison not in this movie? How is Jimmy Carter not in this movie? How is Carter Pewterschmidt not in this movie? How is Helena Bonham Carter not in this movie? How is John Bonham not in this movie? How is John Travolta not in this movie? Hey, Carter. How is Travolta Corolla not in this movie? Up your nose when you got the phone. How is Adam Corolla not in this movie? Yeah. How is Adam Sandler not in this movie? How is Adam Levine not in this movie? How is Avril Levine not in this movie? How is Chad Kroger from Nickelback not in this movie? I think you got me on that one, man. I don't think I can top Nickelback. Hey, you ever take your pants off and run backwards naked through a crowded hallway full of Nickelback? You ever look at this photograph with your pants down? Yes, once. That's how I ended up in this wheelchair. So meanwhile, while all hell is breaking loose out in the desert, Michael J. Fox dies shaking Sarah Jessica Parker's hand. 
and President Nicholson watches on in horror. It's okay. You saw it on the television. General Decker advises him that it's time to fuck these Martians up. Yeah, but then Professor Goldeneye is all like, Oh, Mr. President, relax. Let us negotiate with the Martians. Christmas only comes once a year. <laughs> I knew she was a Nazi. Ah, fuck, there's Sean Connery again. Why isn't Sean Connery in this movie? Why isn't Sean Cunningham in this movie? They record a message for the Martians, who listen on in their tiny red Speedos and laugh, <laughs> while the horny emperor reads a Playboy magazine. <laughs> but then he turns his attention to... Sarah Jessica Parker, he realizes how hot she is the same way I realize how hot she is. He has the top Martian scientists trying to figure out what fucking species she is. <laughs> Lazy Jack and Barbie discuss their future. He says that he wants to sell hotel rooms to the Martians when they land, which causes her to lose all faith in the human race, and she decides to hit the bottle. Again, I cannot stress how amazing Jack Nicholson is in this movie. This character he is playing is so good. I wish he had a Netflix series based on this character. Pacing around back and forth by a beautiful indoor pool. Recording something to his secretary about, and I want the Martians to get the finest Corinthian leather automobile. Like, like just shit like that. It's so good. I'd like to see him play every role in this film, like Eddie Murphy or uh, Tyler Perry. Yeah, or Adam Sandler. Yeah, well, maybe not like Adam Sandler. But at this point, just for fun, the Martians decide that they're going to replace Sarah Jessica Parker's horse head with that of her tiny dog. And her real head watches on in horror from a Futurama jar being held by another Martian. This is actually kind of terrifying. This is like Cronenberg kind of body horror. Yeah. I just couldn't imagine seeing my body with, like, Yoshi's head on me. Oh, well, I wouldn't like that. No, imagine, like, seeing you, but with Gizmo's head on your shoulders. That might be the sexiest creature ever created. I would make you purr. So George Foreman decides to give a call to his kids. And his kids say that they're about to go on a White House tour at school tomorrow. But the important <laughs> thing about this scene this is just a clever bit of foreshadowing, is that they are playing a light gun video game. You know, this is going to come into play in a little bit. I mean, it might be kind of an obvious commentary on the whole connection between, like, video games and, like, real-life violence. I don't think that that's actually a real thing. But you can't deny the fact that if you fire a gun at zombies on a screen playing House of the Dead back in the day, you're at least slightly more likely to be able to, like, aim a real gun in real life, right? I agree. You at least have a little bit of a feel for it. Yeah. Didn't we mention that one of these kids is Ray J? No, we didn't. So at this point, the Martians issue an apology and ask to meet with Congress. They land outside the Capitol building where a bunch of stupid, stupid American citizens are holding no bird signs. God damn it. That's so accurate. This, of course, is a clever ruse. The Martians immediately whip out their astrogats, and everyone gets skeletoned. They all get bored. Bored, skeletoned, all the same shit in this movie. But the important thing about this scene is that Professor Goldeneye gets abducted. 
More importantly than that, we have Grandma watching from the nursing home where she says, I blew up Congress! <laughs> it's the scene from the trailer, but also probably one of the best lines from the movie. Oh, it's fantastic. Who doesn't want to yeah. see Congress get blown up? At this point, the only person making a lick of sense right now is Decker. And no, I don't mean Decker from Nightbreed. I mean Lieutenant General Decker, who is proposing to President Jack that we... Blow them to kingdom come with nukes. To which President Nicholson responds with a big old fuck you. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. And this might actually be my favorite line out of the entire film where President Nicholson says the line, which also, again, from the trailer. I want want the people people to know know that they they still still have two two out of three branches of the government working for them. And that ain't bad. You know, he's a big fan of meatloaf. As we all are. I remember everything! After this wonderful speech that uh, President Jack says to his men in this bunker. His top men. His top, top men. uh, He looks at uh, Martin Short and asks him, how soon can we go on air? He gets on the telly and he delivers. This is the most accurate presidential speech ever where he explains that we will soon come out with a very real outcome. And I just love that quote. It's the bullshit circular talk of a politician. It's such bullshit, but it is so perfect. Tim Burton used to be so fucking good. And then he sold out like the rest of them. How is Johnny Depp not in this movie, huh? Actually, little known fact, Johnny Depp was supposed to play Michael J. Fox's part. No shit. But he, I think he himself backed out. I think it was his choice. Oh. It was this, and then he did the Frighteners, and then Michael J. Fox just kind of disappeared because, uh, you know. This was actually the last theatrical release that he was in. When did the Frighteners come out? It was slightly before this. No shit. So this is his last motion picture. Theatrical motion picture. I think he's done some work since then. He's definitely been on, he's been on some TV shows. Yeah, I knew that. He was in an episode or two of Curb Your Enthusiasm where he was fucking hilarious. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But this was his last theatrically theatrically released feature film. That is way tougher to say than I thought it would be. Yeah, it's almost like Michael J. Fox was trying to say it. Oh! So this is where we have Professor Goldeneye's disembodied head and Sarah Jessica Parker, who is now a horse dog, <laughs> declare their love for one another. And I have to say, this might be the most touching scene in the entire film. I actually like it. It's kind of sweet. Yeah. And uh, she starts wagging her tail. I love that. After she finds out that he likes her. Like only a horse dog can. But don't let the cuteness overwhelm you, because we're right back into the sleaze with Martin Short, who falls for the oldest trick in the alien book by picking up a Martian sex bot. And he promises her a tour of the White House. And so he gets uh, uh, this hooker bot into the White House. <laughs> Sex worker. Sex worker bot. Thank you, Greg. Into the White House where he goes to a bust of JFK, pulls mm-hmm. his head back the same way Glenn Danzig did after getting his dick sucked by the First Lady himself, pushes a button, revealing a secret room, which he refers to as the Kennedy Room. A.K.A. the Dry Desert. Soaking up rain. <laughs> which always stinks. Of both sex and shame. Yeah. He quickly loses a finger, 
fishing around in this sex bot's mouth, which is a little strange. Kind of, he wants to get that gum out. It's an awkward move, but she wastes no time just clubbing him unconscious and sneaks into the presidential bedroom. This is where Glenn Close shows her push for the second time in the movie. Glenn Close is fortunately covered by a blanket in this scene, just as the sex bot is about to execute both the president and his bitch wife. The dog starts barking and immediately gets skeletoned by a laser gun. That was sad. Yeah, uh, you hate to see it. Nobody wants to see a dog get turned into a skeleton. But at least it was a colorful one. And then I love that uh, President Jack, he jumps into action. He tackles this alien. But then he is quickly overwhelmed by the Martian. Momentarily taken hostage before the Secret Service just fucks this alien up with bullets. And then right after this, we get to, we get to a spaceship, which is one of my favorite interactions between the Martians. We have the Martian Emperor bitch-slapping the Beavis Martian right next to him. <laughs> and that is just something about the act act <laughs> It's just getting slapped like this it's is, a fucking Jalo film. This is a sheer frustration bitch slap. Incredible. <laughs> I laughed so fucking hard at this scene, Greg. But also, I have to note, just uh, like on the last scene we were talking about, it's very clear that you can murder these Martians with just like standard 9mm bullets. They're easy to kill. They are just as easy to kill as the aliens from Alien Apocalypse. I think they're just as easy to kill as just any organic life form. You, you put bullets in it and it dies. Oh, Their brains yeah. are huge. This is like zombies, the whole zombie mythology. You got to shoot them in the brain. Yeah. These are easy targets where their brains are fucking four times the size of the average human skull. Dude, Michael J. Fox could shoot this thing in the head. And he just, he can't aim for shit. Legally, I don't think he could own a gun. I would never trust Michael J. Fox to tuck a nine millimeter pistol into his waistband. Oh, man, this one time I met Michael J. Fox at a party. We were playing beer pong together. Oh, man, he is not who you want as your partner. Never play Jenga with Michael J. Fox. If you really want to shake things up, play a game of Uno with Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox makes a mean dry martini. <laughs> you could put a gallon of paint in Michael J. Fox's hands. Frighteners was awesome, man. I love Frighteners. Yeah, Jeffrey Combs is in that movie. The Martian Emperor slaps his subordinate in a frustrated rage and decides that it's time to send in the big guns, which in this case means a giant crab-clawed robot mech walker. And I fucking love this thing. But also, not just that, we have a full-scale invasion. Mm -hmm. We get to DC with these flying saucers attacking a group of Cub Scouts, which I absolutely love. They're shooting up everything, but they shoot the Washington Monument. Yep. Uh, which, as we know, is a giant penis sticking mm -hmm. out of the ground. The biggest. Uh, the flying saucer flies to the other side, preventing the monument to fall, pushing it over on top of a group of Boy Scouts, Cub Scouts, Eagle Scouts. I don't give a fuck. They're kids. Fuck them kids. Crushes all, all these shitty kids. They are human jam at this point. Meanwhile... The school tour that Pam Greer's kids are on is disrupted by lasers. Lasers. Pam Greer's delinquent kids pick up weapons and start blasting because they have all the practice they need from playing video games. The president at this point is being hauled off 
with Glenn Close and her sweet pussy <laughs> to a bunker. They lose Princess Amidala. Glenn Close gets killed by a chandelier. He gets crushed. Which I love Jack Nicholson's reaction to this, which is her name is Marsha in the movie, and he starts screaming, Marsha! 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 Which is just great. And as you said, very Reagan-esque. Because I could see Reagan screaming, Nancer! Nancer! Yeah, he got a little senile towards the end there. Tear down this wall! And we cut to a scene of Sleazy Jack just doing his thing, which means giving a presentation for some Libyan terrorists. Their hotel that they're in gets blasted by UFOs, and Sleazy Jack, ironically, gets crushed by a giant rolling globe. It makes sense. It's beautiful. His wife was telling him the whole time that he was terrible for the earth. And it's just, it's the earth that takes him out in the end. Poetic justice. Just gives me a big old rubber chub. I feel like they gave Jack free range for this part. My God, he (laughs) is on fire here. Hey, hey, it doesn't matter what's going on in the world. Because people are just going to want to... Roll them bones. And he starts gyrating and, oh, it's just phenomenal. Just an absurd, ridiculous caricature, but it's it's just so fucking entertaining at the same time. It's great. It turns out that Jack Nicholson, he's a, he's a real talented guy. You know what? I take back what I said about Danny DeVito. Jack Nicholson might be the greatest actor of all time. There's nothing he's he can't so, do. He's so good. So at this point... Nightclub singer and sex criminal Tom Jones is performing at the casino. Barbie tells George that she wants to go to the airport. So they team up with Danny DeVito, who's playing a degenerate gambler. He shows up randomly to ask for an autograph of uh, sex criminal Tom Jones. I like the way you fight. I love the way you fight. George Foreman punches the shit out of a Martian, and they flee on their way to freedom. After this, we get back to Jack Nicholson, who is in the bunker all alone, and he is getting a message that the president of France is on the phone. He answers, and I love that even though his wife is dead, his daughter is missing, he is still full on, like, he's still in president mode. He's not human yet. They never humanize Jack Nicholson in this in this movie. While this is going on, the Martians are ransacking the shit out of the Vegas Strip. And notably, one is carrying the translator, which it looted from the White House, I can only assume. Which oh, is yeah. just spewing the words, don't run, we are your friends. And it is just so fantastic. God, I love it so much. 90s Greg drives to his parents' trailer where everyone is getting strapped for a firefight. They're all cocking their shotguns. They're all just getting ready to blow some fucking aliens away. And his mother says the line, lock and load. Ain't getting the TV. Gotta love it. And at yep. this point, President Nicholson finally gives in and signs the executive order to deploy nuclear weapons against this Martian space menace. I cannot stop sucking Jack Nicholson's dick, sucking Jack Nicholson's dick, sucking Jack Nicholson's dick in this movie because yeah. he says, what is this, my last will and testament? The Martians deploy a tiny decoy, which, much like my friend Micah here, sucks up the nuclear blast and stores it in a little balloon. At this point, the Emperor does his best Cheech and Chong impression mm-hmm. and smokes it. Oh, man. <laughs> Shit, man. We're going to starve to death, man. Takes a big old hit of this and starts Martian giggling like crazy. Just like he took drugs. 
Because as we all know, drugs are pretty cool. Everybody wants to be cool. Crack isn't wrong. Crack is cool. And now we have just a full-on destruction montage. We see Big Ben. We see Mount Rushmore. We see the Taj Mahal. Easter Island. Every monument around the world is fucked. Yeah, and at this point, too, Danny DeVito, he gets fucking murked by the Martians. He makes the poor choice of leaving his friends. He generously offers his Rolex to the Martians, and they deny it by shooting him with laser beams. Not interested. Jack Black's adulterous girlfriend gets skeletoned while cheating on his dead ass, and the robo-walker smashes up the entire trailer park. Wait a minute, time out! That was totally Jack Black's girlfriend. Yeah. I think that was Christina Applegate, I'm pretty sure. That was not Christina Applegate. Anyway, George Foreman, Barbie, alleged rapist Tom Jones, and I can give it to you anytime it and a stripper all head to the airport. DeVito is long gone. He, uh, he made a deal with an alien that didn't work out. And all hell is breaking loose at the old folks' home. Martians line up a gigantic space laser at the back of grandma's head. And I have to say, this is one of the greatest gags in the entire film. <laughs> it totally is. This gun is so goddamn big, it, it takes so... three of them to wheel it into the room, and, I... and they are just about to blast her to a fucking oblivion. I love that it's pointed at her and not something serious, like a tank. Yeah. These Martians at this point are just having themselves a good time. And she does not even see it coming, but through straight, just slapstick coincidence, her headphones get pulled loose, and we learn that music pops the Martians' heads like overripe melons. 90s Greg is a little bit slow on the uptake because he's probably high most of the time, but Grandma realizes that they now have a way to combat the alien invasion. And that way is through Slim Whitman's crooning. He's quite the yodeler. He sure is. Meanwhile, we get back down to President Jack, who is down in his bunker. The Martian Uh, Emperor fakes out President Jack with a snow globe. A Martian snow globe. Turns out they have a great sense of humor. Mm -hmm. Uh, While this goes on, we got Decker, who comes up. This is how I imagine you when you're older. Oh, he's got a pair of 1911s, and he's not afraid to start blasting. A 1911 in the right hand, a 1911 in the left hand. And he starts yelling about democracy and the Second Amendment and how fucking great this country is. Oh, and he he's, just uh, starts he's quoting Winston away. Churchill, my friend. You know what? Yeah. He we will fight quoting. them on the beaches. We will fight them on the fucking boardwalks. We will fight them in the basement of my grandmother's house. I'm pretty sure those are lyrics to a Flogging Molly song, but sure. Sounds about right. Also, it's kind of weird that he was quoting Winston Churchill, considering that he is a stone-cold patriot. So they blast him with a shrink ray, which is the only time we get the gag in the movie. But I like it. It's a lot of fun. But he, I, you know, the way I see it is, he goes out like a fucking man. He really even though does. he got, he really, he, 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 at the, after lo- unloading these clips on the Martians, he throws the guns at them, and he gets squished like a bug. President Nicholson who now realizes that he is defenseless and on his last leg, pulls his final card, which is to try and reason with them. And I have to say, he's a very persuasive man. Incredible speech by President Jack, who even at this point where he asks him, why are we doing this? And smacks his head. Why? 
I just love. And I just love that so much. He he's giving a compelling, inspiring speech about both Earth and Mars working together, but the whole time he's adjusting his tie, he's putting on his coat, he's kind of like he's putting himself together, and I don't know, he's just sort of like building up his uh, his personal appearance. The performance is just fucking perfect. Oh God, the Emperor it's great. Martian actually tears up from the impact of President Nicholson's words. And he decides to shake hands with the leader of the free world. Yes. Who immediately gets bored. He gets bored from the back. Bored! It was the fake hand trick this whole time. And actually, it's kind of like a face hugger, but not quite. It's like a hand with like a whip tail. It like, it grabs his ass. I almost thought it was going to give him a wedgie, just like they were going for that gag. Yeah, and at this point in the movie... A little more tragic. It's over for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My only complaint of this movie is that you killed President Jack. Well, you know what? There's only a couple of minutes left, in my opinion. Let's blast through it. We got 90s Greg and Grandma. They head to the local radio station. They threw on the fucking uh, Slim Whitman music, broadcast it. Pop heads everywhere, left and right. Foreman and co. prepare an airplane. George Barenuckle boxes 700 Martian pussies to buy time for the plane to take off. Sadly, he eventually also gets bored. But he he straight up fights the Mars ambassador one-on-one. Yeah, kicks his ass. The U.S. Army clears out all the Martians by blasting music from their tanks slash helicopters. The mothership crashes into the ocean. Sarah Jessica Parker is just straight up glue at this point. Taffy awards the Congressional Medal of Honor to both Grandma and 90s Greg, who is the real hero of this film, I have to say. Pam Greer is shown cleaning up her shitty house full of dead aliens. George Foreman arrives on the scene. He wasn't bored after all. He's still fucking alive. Tom Jones now lives at Lake Tahoe with two defenseless women and a bunch of deer. He starts dancing. He starts singing. It's not unusual. Plays us into the credits. And I have to stop here because my vision is getting cloudy due to PTSD. Earth is saved. The end. Woo! Ours attacks. Tim Burton, I mean, I don't know. I think this is a very close second to Beetlejuice. Okay. Beetlejuice, Mars Attacks, Batman, Sleepy Hollow, Edward Scissorhands. You put Sleepy Hollow ahead of Edward Scissorhands? I don't know if I... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Really? Okay. No, dude. The the only good part about Edward Scissorhands to me is the fact that it's Vincent Price's last movie. I mean, that's pretty good, though. Pretty good thing. But I love Sleepy Hollow so much because I'm a huge fan of Jeffrey Jones. Show me on the doll where Jeffrey Jones touched (laughs) He touched me here! All right, so, got a score you got for us on this one. 4.5 out of 5. The reason why I give it a 4.5 is that I feel like all the celebrities we listed earlier also should have been in the movie. You shouldn't have killed President Jack. And at some point, maybe we could have seen some Martian tits. Martian tits? Martian tits. The movie's great. I absolutely love Martin Short. I love Jack Nicholson. I love Glenn Close and her clam. Uh, I have not watched Mars Attacks probably since the late 90s. That is going, that's obscene. I know. Going back and re-watching this, though, I forgot how entertaining this was. Mm-hmm. I forgot how funny this was. 
I forgot how just well paced this movie was. Sure. The movie is an hour and 45 minutes long, and it feels like it's an hour. You put the two together, Mars Attacks, Independence Day, Mars Attacks wins 10 out of 10 times. No contest. That's right. 4.5 out of 5 is what you're saying? 4.5 out of 5. It doesn't quite get that 5 out of 5 for me due to lack of tittery. And like I said, uh, President Jack should have died. You know what? I agree with you. For what it lacks in tittery, it makes up for with some fucking cutting-edge CGI, some amazing celebrity cameos, a, just a brilliant plot line, plenty of action, plenty of comedy. You really can't, you can't fuck with those alien designs. I believe they're straight from the, the Tops classic cards. Yeah. You got that Tim Burton sense of humor, which is always good. I got to say, I think the brevity of this film is a strength. It doesn't overstay its welcome. Plenty of punchlines, plenty of solid satirical scenes. I mean, what more else is there to say about it? I give it the straight five out of five, of course. Ooh, okay. Very rare. Unparalleled. And I have to say, this is easily one of my top ten movies of all time. No doubt about it. And with that said, the perfect way to cap off our fucking... Month-long space adventure. Yo, dude, we capped it off, Greg. You need to quit capping, bro. You know, I like the cap. No, dude, don't cap. No cap. You know me and the cap and make it happen. With that said, uh, what do we got coming up next week? Well, as my fine-feathered friend from Buffalo, New York, mentioned that we are actually leaving space. We are going to go back to Earth. And more importantly, we are going to go to the clergy. Okay. I'm going to say, Greg, it is none of your business. Space month is over with. So, you know, space month and a half or two and a half or whatever the fuck we just did. I think we spent five months in space. We were, we were out there. I cannot wait for the new theme that uh, Greg actually came up with. I can almost guarantee there's going to be lesbians. And that ain't bad. You know how we do to our loyal listeners, to our new listeners. You're going to have yourselves a good time. So, Greg, in closing, brother, what do we say? Well, we say love each other. We say care about each other. But most importantly, we say keep it spooky! That's scary. Hey, you ever just take your pants off and run backwards through a... <laughs> <laughs> More like taking your pants off and running backwards through a... <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I need, I need a Johnson. <laughs> you peacock, cock, cock. <laughs>